Welcome to the High Income Business Writing Podcast, helping you propel your writing business to a whole new level. And now, here's your host, Ed Gandia. Hey there. Thank you for joining me for episode 73 of the High Income Business Writing Podcast. My name is Ed Gandia, and this is the podcast for business writers and copywriters who want to take their writing businesses to the six-figure level or the part-time equivalent. As a quick reminder, you can find the detailed show notes for this episode when you go to b2blauncher.com forward slash episode 73. You know, one of the things that I've tried to be very mindful of in this show is painting a very realistic picture of what it's like to launch and grow a freelance writing or copywriting business today. In fact, I take great pride in being transparent about this. And I know many of you guys recognize this because I get this in your feedback and um, you share how much you appreciate the fact that uh, and I don't hold anything back. You know, I'm very clear about the fact that this is this is a very difficult business to get into. In fact, I'm, I say it all the time. I think this is the hardest thing you'll ever do in your professional career for, for many people, not for everybody, for many people. This will be the hardest thing by far that you've ever done to launch and grow a freelance writing or copywriting business to to a some level of success. And, you know, if you go through my shows, most of the interviews, I grill people about this. You know, I, I, I want them to tell a very accurate picture of, of what it's like, you know, in their in their journey. Uh, I've also done a lot of solo shows where, where I've just described some of this in detail. And I've been very frank about this. The Rockstar Myth, episode 70, which was recently... My Credible Source of Freelancing Advice, Episode 66, Should You Quit or Should You Stick, Episode 44, I shared my journey to a six-figure level business in Episodes 6 and 7, and I, I talked about what a struggle that was to get to, to where I am. And, um, you know, I, I, I think it's important. I, I want people to know what it's like. I don't want to discourage anyone, but I want everyone to know going in what it's like to, to 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 do this and and one of the reasons I do this is I see a, a, too much before and after storytelling out there but not enough discussion about that messy journey to getting to that beautiful after state if you will right it's it's that messy process the behind the curtain you know the messy stuff that nobody really wants to talk about and in um, in I don't agree with that. I don't agree with people who just want to show the before and after and then just kind of um, you know, sweep the, the, the journey under the rug. And today's show is no exception. My guest is a gentleman by the name of Mark Stone, and Mark is a freelance writer from British Columbia, Canada. And Mark is still in the early stages of growing his freelance business, and he has a really interesting story to tell about finding his way through this process, through growing his business. You're not going to hear a before and after story here because there's no after yet. Um, in fact, you could even argue there's never an after, right? You never arrive. You're always in a journey. So what you're going to hear today from Mark is you're going to get kind of a, a status report. And you're going to hear how Mark is landing progressively better and higher paying clients and how he's pushing past very real fears and insecurities to improve his business 
and up-level his income. So if you're just starting out or you're in the first two or three years of your freelance venture, I think you're going to get a lot out of this interview. And I think you're going to see very quickly, this is a frank discussion with a guy that's out there. He's, man, he's he's doing his best. He's making progress, but it's not easy. And he's learning a lot as he does this. So I think this is going to resonate with you. And look, if you've been at this a while, you know what? We're always in this journey. Again, there's never an after. You've never arrived. So I think you're going to get a lot from this too, but especially if you're if you're new, if you're just now starting out, if you're thinking about starting on this journey. So anyway, with that, let's get right to Mark's chat. Hey, Mark, great to have you on the show. Thanks for coming. Hey, Ed, thank you so much. Uh, thank you for having me on your show. This is awesome. So I always ask everyone the same question to start out. Tell us about yourself. Give us a, a quick summary of, of who you are, where you live. Tell us about your business, just so folks understand uh, who's who's going to be telling the story today. Okay. So uh, Mark Stone again, and uh, I live in beautiful Kelowna, British Columbia. It's like wine country. It's awesome here. Um, my background is actually in IT security, and I used to work for provincial government in Canada. And you know, IT security can get boring, but not always. Case in point, a big part of my job was actually monitoring what thousands of employees were doing online. And often that includes having to read people's emails. And yeah, I was kind of a spy. And you learn a lot. <laughs> you learn a lot about people going through their personal emails and what they mistakenly believe are private thoughts. Because you know, email—it's not—it's never private. <laughs> so, That's scary. But it is very scary. But it, they it should fun. know better. They should. Oh, uh, you should. Uh, I could go. That we could talk for two hours about that, but. But that's not the point here. So uh, I guess about 10 years ago when I left the government, we moved here to BC. And I had a job that had me traveling from West Coast to East Coast every three weeks. It was stressful and I needed a change. So I started my own computer security consulting business. And to get my name out there, I started writing a computer security column for a local news website. And the column became popular and a major newspaper in my hometown started carrying it. And I knew the Right then, the writing was for me. So before I began making it a, a business, um, I wrote and published a fiction novel, wrote a few screenplays that placed well in contests, and I really dove in headfirst to the writing thing. And I freelanced a bit. And uh, I guess starting off my freelance business, I got paid to write about celebrity gossip. Like, how how easy was that? Yeah. Getting, getting paid to write about Hollywood was, it was kind of fun. And so I did that for a few years and I um, I eventually became the content director for that news news website, just from all my writings for for that. And uh, I did that for a couple of years, And but I, I just knew the corporate world was not for me. And since then, the last three years, I've just been uh, freelancing and... Uh, I'm, I'm I'm loving it. Like I'm learning. I'm learning a lot of things along the way. I've made a lot of mistakes, but uh, it's a it's a great life, uh, as you know. <laughs> so tell us about what like what, what kind of clients do you typically go after. What type of work do you typically write? Uh, yeah, um, my focus is. Uh, I don't really focus much on Hollywood or celebrity anymore. Although it's fun, <laughs> I I do a few of those, but most of them I. I write some technology pieces for various publications. Um, I also do some B2B and B2C copywriting. And I do a bit of public relations uh, work as well for, for some clients. Um, 
And I'm starting now because I think it's a really good revenue stream that a lot of freelancers may not look at is working with digital agencies. And yeah, you may not make as much money, but it's easier. You know, if they can come to you with their clients, it's a, it's a good way to make, make some, uh, some revenue. So, so I'm starting to do that now as well. And is, uh, or most of your clients uh, in town, out of town, what's the mix roughly, would you say? I'd say it's probably, it's probably like 50, 50. It was for a while there, it was, it was very, uh, very weighted towards in town, but, um, it's a weird business climate here. So I've, you know, I have to learn some lessons and, and try to try to do a good mix. So I'd say, I'd say it's probably 50, 50. Okay. Good, good. So, you know, one of the things that, that I wanted to talk with you about, because you, you have a really interesting story about working with difficult clients and just kind of like finding your way through this business. And you and I were talking offline a bit about how, you know, this business is messy. I mean, life is messy, right? It's like it everyone is. thinks that, you know, if you, if you before you, you actually launch your business or when you're starting out, everyone thinks that, you know, it's going to kind of unfold in a certain way and it's going to be like this beautiful journey, you know, like, like Hollywood. Yeah. <laughs> and, yes. um, it's never like that. Uh, it's, it's messy. You make mistakes. Um, you know, because of that, you often feel embarrassed. You, you lose confidence. And, um, so like all this bad stuff happens and, and I say bad, but at the end of the day, it's, it's actually good it's like a blessing that you know that it was tough that it was difficult that you made mistakes because you get to learn from them so um i think a good starting place would be if you kind of share a little bit of your story like you know especially last year i know that's when we yeah. and i first connected right about this thing that happened last yeah. year that that really got you wondering if this is really going to be for you exactly yeah when you, you know sometimes if, if you have that I don't want to say nightmare client. When you be, if you have a bad experience with a client, it could really do a lot to your um, self confidence and everything about you know your business. And uh, so when we're trying to find a way, we you know we do what we can to take our business to the next level. And we sometimes sign on to those clients or projects with big blinders on because we get caught up in the nice paycheck and neglect to take a step back and look at things as they as they really are. So I guess. To the question, like last summer, I was coming off a moderately moderately successful summer, and I was starting to implement some of the great lessons I learned in your warm email prospecting course, which I highly recommend. Um, and here where I live, it's uh, there's a lot of tech startups here, and they all want to be the next Facebook or Uber or Snapchat. And um, I I've known a CEO here who she was doing some amazing things, and I'd met her several times and loved what she was doing. Um, I put a particular proposal to help her company with uh, copy and PR, and I began working with them. Um, initially, like I, I, was, I looked at their sales presentations. They were really nice to share them with me. The team was good. The revenue potential was endless. Um, I was billing about 20 hours a week, and things were looking great. But uh, all, about two weeks in, I, almost every day, a red flag would pop up and out of the ground and right in front of my face and you know i think if it were you ed you'd have probably run for the hills but but maybe i was stubborn maybe i was just 
scared of losing this great revenue stream. So I stuck with it for a few months and it was stressful. It, was, it became work and I, I don't think it should ever become work, like work, work. So, and the CEO is an amazing person, but sometimes great people, great intentions may not be the best people to work with. And every bit of work done for the company was really scrutinized and something that would take me an hour normally for a normal client would take five or more. And yeah, that's good for billing, but frustrating and stressful and you know you know when you've like written some copy and you're so confident that it's exactly what it's right for the given situation and then the client has their their vision and no matter what they do and no matter what you do they just won't listen and it was happening to not just me but to others and i just you know i had to just terminate the contract for my for my sanity yeah uh, that's that's a tough place to be so how long how long were you there then? It sounds like it was a few months. Uh, a couple months, yeah, about two, two now. I learned, but again, the, the greatest thing about it, even though, you know, I could look back now and I learned so much, like not, not just from my experience with the company, but I was doing some PR with, uh, for some very, they, they had uh, some really high profile clients and working with these clients, I, I, I learned a lot. So, so maybe it was stuff that, you know, I could have, you couldn't even pay for it to learn. It was almost like on the job training on certain, certain things. So, so it was, it was a great, you know, I still, at the time, as stressed as I was, you know, I, I was not, maybe not happy and was really worried, but as I look back, it was it still is a good experience because, you know, I learned a lot from it and I've, because of it, I've made a lot of changes to my business and the way I approach things. And, and I definitely want to spend some time talking about those lessons learned because you've you've really taken time to to think through that. Um, before we get there, though, so kind of paint us a picture of where you are. You're it's two months in. You are done. So how, how did you let the client know? Like, wh what was the tipping point there? Um, I think the tipping point was we were working on a big big PR piece that uh, I, you know they, they had their top their sales director the VP of sales where I was working with him on it because he had the he had the um, contact and everything we did it was just like it was just kept getting shot down and I'm like this is not this will never work so I, I basically had to compose an email just saying I don't think I'm the right person for this um, for your efforts and you know I'd Love to meet with you and just chat. She was uh, she was always out of town as well, so it was hard to get FaceTime. Mm -hmm. So yeah, so I just kind of basically cut it off right there. I I normally would give give it a little more time, but I just I had to kind of get out of it, and uh, and then I just kind of moved on. I I had there was a few other projects that I was kind of putting on hold um, while I was doing a lot of work for this client and I just kind of jumped in with a few other ones. So, and some of those the next clients were also a bit of a, bit of a, you know, learning experience as well. But the, that, that's the thing. I mean, where, as we find a way, there's always new clients, new interesting experiences that I think if you don't sit back and just really take, take a, a just a whole picture approach to your business. Sometimes you just get caught up in everything and it just, you just run from client to client. And sometimes that's not the greatest thing to do. 
No, no. And, and you know, I, I want to kind of address a point that you made earlier about, you know, maybe I would have run for the hills at the first red <laughs> flag. But, you know, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't necessarily say that. Uh, I, everyone's on a journey, and at different points in that journey, you're going to be willing to take you know certain certain clients. Uh, sometimes you are aware of what you're getting into. Sometimes you're not, but that comes with time. And um, I, I always tell people, listen, you know, especially your first two three years, you have to be much more willing to, to work with less desirable clients than you would, you know, once you've been at it for five years or more, let's say. So right. it's, it's a progression. It's a journey. And, you know, you shouldn't be a, a prima donna on day one. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, you got to get there. You got to work your way up there and look at it. Each client as a learning experience. So I wouldn't have run from it. Believe me, I've had my share of those clients. And here's a little uh, secret. I, I still have those clients, um, not as many. And here's what happens now. The difference now is that if I say yes, I know what I'm getting myself into. Right. <laughs> and um, that's and that's difference. okay. I, I have structured the deal. I've priced it in a certain way that, that accounts for, for, for those suspicions. So, right. you know, that that's okay. That's okay. So, um, all right. So let, let's talk a little bit about you've, you know, you've, You've moved on. Um, what would you say have been, and I know you have a few of them, the, the biggest lessons learned from from that experience? Um, the biggest lesson, I think, is, is just changing your, your mindset. Um, if you don't just jump into everything thinking of, you know, the paycheck or the, you know, the thrill of, working with maybe a high-profile client. Um, I think you've talked about it in your podcast several times before, and I think it holds true. Your mindset plays such a huge part of where you end up. And um, it was that, that mindset when I started working with this client, it completely disappeared. And it just got reset as I got deeper into the work. And uh, it's taken a few months to reset my mind. And uh, one thing I've been begun doing is, uh, have you ever heard of the Miracle Morning by that Hal Elrod? I have. Yeah, it's, it's, it's you know, sounds woo-woo. It's meditating, journaling, visualization, affirmations. But I've started doing that, and it, it's amazing just just by getting into a new mindset, what, what it could do for you. And so I think I think the mindset change taking the time to change your mindset is is a big thing, especially for freelancers. I I believe. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm with you. So it's uh, you know, if if you could describe how your mindset is maybe a little different now from the way it was six months ago, what what would be the biggest item or two? Um, you know, I think. Um, I think the biggest revelation i guess that i've had with respect to mindset is is not so much thinking of myself as a person with a business but to think of myself as a business with everything that makes up who i am behind that i think i think changing that thinking is is a big big deal for me mm-hmm. so that yeah do you do you see that do yeah you see yourself I, that way I, at all? I, I think that's key and, and i'm glad you said that because that's that's a switch I can't turn on for somebody. Everyone's <laughs> got to do that on their on their own. It yeah. sounds like that experience you had, um, and maybe 
subsequent experiences and, and, and thoughts and insights kind of added up to that. You realize that you had to flip that switch, but you weren't ready for it before. Now you no. are. Yeah, now I'm totally ready for it. And uh, and just doing being a little more a little more mindful about the marketing you do and not to think of marketing as, you know, salesy and, you know, because we all, as freelancers, you know, I talk to a lot of them and, and we all say, oh, I don't want, I don't like being salesy, but I think there's ways to do it without being too salesy. Yeah. So, but it's hard because there's so much information out there and there's so many different podcasts and blog posts and things you can read that, that do sound really salesy. So you kind of have to shut out the noise and be find what what works for you yeah at the end of the day it's got to feel right yeah it has to feel right and that takes a while <laughs> I, I mean for me at least so tell me a little bit about uh some of the insights regarding uh red flags right your ability to identify prospects who maybe aren't a great fit for you like wh- how has that changed since you've had this experience um, I, th- it's, I think it's about asking tough questions up front. Um, if, you, if you approach the client, like, you know, how, how well is this going to work? Like, is this client going to be, you know, not a nightmare, but is it, is it going to be difficult to work with the client or the business? And also the budget. Like, I've, I know you talk about um, going after clients that have a bigger budget for for copy or content um that that's a big thing too like i'm not saying to just discount a company just because of their low budget but Mm -hmm. um, but going after those kind of companies and asking those kind of questions and seeing what how much they really value content is a big thing because i've actually i've actually had to turn down or I have since turned down um, a client just because I know I know for sure that they don't value content. Like you, by asking certain questions, you could you could just tell. I think um, so. I think it's it's getting getting to know what exactly you want and how much they are going to value what you can provide for them, and and just being real about it. Because I think we fool ourselves a lot. We we think, oh yeah, yeah, everything's okay and. And oh yeah, they're awesome, and you know they they say they value content, but I don't know there's just little little things you could just pick up on maybe I, I don't know. I'm sure you've you've uh, you know working with so many clients that you have like you kind of get maybe you get a, a sixth sense about it. You do, you do because it's uh, you're right. A lot of it has to do with what they're not saying. You yes, know, it's a, they're telling you something yet. I mean, sometimes it's because of the project they're approaching you with. Right. You know, um, and I'll give you an example. Like, um, gosh, there's so many. I've had clients or prospects approach me with, listen, we, we, we want to write a case study. We really believe we need this. I mean, like that kind of, of talk. And when you look at and you ask, well, what else have they done? Um, and to, to, to kind of create a case study library or, you know, credibility in that area that they have nothing and you can tell they have no plans to do anything after that. They're yeah. looking at this case study as a silver bullet. <clears throat> yeah. Like they really believe this is going to solve so many other problems. Mm-hmm. So that, that kind of thing, right. In the context of 
I'm looking for clients who are who've bought into this idea, who have a steady stream of, of content writing work. That that's not good because yeah. this is like a one-off thing. They don't really buy it, but they really think that this is going to sell the product. Yes, yes. I had recently. I had a similar for a white paper that I got, and I hadn't written a white paper since my IT days. And uh, they, yeah, they they never done one before, and they they wanted the the CEO was very impressive, and I, I thought I'd asked the right questions, but as the process went along, it just became very difficult because they they wanted one thing, but then they wanted it both ways. They wanted it tweetable, but at the same time written at the very high academic PhD type level. Yeah. But they wanted tweet and and sound bites out of it. It's like, well, you can't really get both. I don't think. No, no, no. You're, you're right. So let's talk a little bit about because um, because you'd mentioned to me that uh, your, your mindset shift around improvement of skills, right? And how before you didn't really believe in getting you know some certifications and so forth, but you've found something that that you feel is going to make a difference for you. Yeah, I think so. Um, I I yeah, like you said, I never really believed much in diplomas or certifications or you know even though I have a, I'm certified in um, computer computer security certification from way back but uh, but I recently completed my HubSpot HubSpot inbound certification and uh, passed that exam really well and that was just a few weeks ago and I found that in prospecting having that badge the HubSpot inbound certified badge in my email signature and also changing my email signature to look more professional has dramatically improved my response rate for email prospecting. Like probably double or possibly triple in the amount of, you know, I'm not saying everybody comes back to me and says, oh yeah, I want to work with you because as you know, like email prospecting is more building building relationships, starting the conversation. And but just the amount of responses that people that actually get back to me, maybe they say we can't work with you now, but check back in a month or two. Um, I would have never got those before with, you know, with just a basic Mark Stone, you know, my name, my my website. So yeah, my signature and having that uh, badge somehow has made a big difference. That's huge because that, what I love about that is it's a it's another credibility element that's not in the body of the email. It's in the signature, and so you can still have another one in the body of the email if you wanted to, right? But but now you have that one in the signature, and it really pops. It sounds like it's a an actual image. Is is it an actual? Yeah, badge? It's actually, yeah, it's an actual image and badge. And I think what I've noticed for a couple of clients that I are potential clients down the road that that may turn out like i think had they not seen that they probably would have discounted me for certain things um mm -hmm. based on based on my clips or you know the stuff i've written about before um it just it just does tell it tells the prospective client that yeah they they kind of know what they they're talking about at least in certain aspects of content and copy Interesting. So, what what other things have you noticed that that have that have shifted since then? Um, because of the mindset, I, I find that um, I know as, as as soon as I shifted my mindset, like merely days after I started shifting that, uh, I was 
presented with a very big content writing opportunity and uh, the client is local and they have uh, they actually do have a really big budget and they don't mind spending on quality content and it's should, the, that project should start up pretty soon maybe later this month and it's almost it was weird how it just you know when my, my when i knew my mindset it totally switched it was within days that this content just this uh, opportunity just came up so how did it, how did it present itself to you um i had worked with the uh, it was a project manager that i um i was currently working with on another project and uh, i guess they liked my work that i'm currently doing and yeah they they just kind of i didn't even know it, this project existed and they just said oh they're gonna start up something and the project manager contacted me and just said yeah i think this is this is gonna happen and yeah, I, even though I I kind of knew them already, it just just the way it came up was was odd. It's just the timing was seemed to be more than a more than just coincidental. Um, I love and that. I also sorry. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, <laughs> and I don't believe in coincidences. I I, I believe that we actually, uh, and this is just me that I believe that we assign meaning to it. So. You know, if it means that to you, it's it's true. And if it means something, in my, if it happens to me and I assign meaning to it, whatever I assign it is true. Yeah. Oh, for for sure. I I totally agree with that. And um, yeah, just all you know. Also, networking, networking your own contacts. Um, I think it's the it's probably the easiest forms of prospecting that we neglect as freelancers because there's so there's so much to mine there but for whatever reason we just don't do it properly and uh are you talking about online or in person yeah online both like online and and in person like the the people you know the people that maybe you've worked with before or, or even just you know colleagues or um you know, maybe you send out the the initial email saying, "Hey, I'm looking for work" or whatever. But, but I think if you're really tact, tactful and mindful about it, you could uh, or tactical, you could really make things happen. And because of that, I I probably have a gig as a uh, you know, they're a marketing agency, and um, it's a contact of mine, and and I may become one of their top resources for content needs for their clients. All as a result of just kind of staying in touch with some of your contacts? Yeah, staying in touch and being more, I don't know, just the way I presented, presented it to them. So give us an example. Like, What have you done in terms of staying in touch, staying on the radar screen that you feel is having an impact, whether it's led to work or not? Um, yeah, just emailing, thinking of people that maybe you haven't talked to in a long time or maybe people you do deal with and just... I guess the I guess maybe the wording that you use about how you want to maybe not just say hey I'm looking for work but hey here's how I can bring value to whatever it is you or your client is is looking for and and I think you know taking the time to meet them if you can or have a Skype call and and just really putting I guess putting a lot of time and and mind like thought into it and devoting some energy to that. I know I know we're getting into woo-woo stuff again with all this energy stuff, but but I think there's something to that. You know, like if you really devote something to it, it it can instead of just, oh yeah, I've sent the email and and then move on. Yeah, I I, I agree wholeheartedly. One thing I try to do with that is is 
to, to kind of get into it is um, I won't send an email, follow-up email to somebody unless I'm, as I'm doing it, I'm feeling really positive about it. And by that, I mean, like I'm smiling, I'm thinking, let's say it's an email to my friend or to a colleague, his name is Ian. Uh, right. I'm thinking of Ian and I'm thinking about the last conversation we had and I'm, I'm, for, I'm not thinking of me. I'm thinking of Ian. I'm not thinking about me and what I want. I'm just naturally curious. I wonder what he's up to. You know, I remember the last time we talked, you know, he was um, looking to make a shift, you know, and maybe a move or buying a, a new house. And, and I'm just, I, I need to get myself in that place because I I've noticed that if I do that, um, my message will be authentic. It will be sincere. When I'm doing it because, oh, it's time to stay in touch with Ian. I wonder what he can do for me. It comes across that way. Sometimes even the same words, it's just a different kind of energy about my message. It just you know doesn't have the same impact. And I don't want to rub people off the wrong way. I want my email to be a welcome message. You know, I want, I want them yeah. to, to feel happy that they heard from me. Exactly. Yeah. This is the word you I like the word you use sincerity. Like if you if you put sincerity into it, I don't know, something there's something about that because it will come it'll come back to you. Yeah. Yeah. And I would say, yeah. look, if, if you're right now you were kind of following up and the next person to follow up with was Ian, but you're just not feeling it right now, just skip Ian. You know, just go to the next person where you can start feeling that uh that connection with and and, and you know you can write a sincere message right now. Yes, for sure. Yeah, yeah. That I think that's really big. Um, so, any other any other thoughts? I guess before we wrap up, um, you know, as you kind of think about, to tell us a little bit about where you think you're heading right now. So, you know, you've you've kind of implemented some new ideas. You've made a huge shift in 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 mindset. Like, how do you feel about the next year? You know, with with what you're doing. You know, I feel I feel really great about the next year. I. I um, just knowing that my mindset has changed, and uh, even though February was kind of slow, um, you know, last year was good, um, but February was kind of like my time to just kind of take a step back and rethink the way I do a lot of things, and uh, it's paying off already. Like I've, I'm pretty busy. March is the rest of March is going to be busy, and you know, my my goal is for this this year to be my best ever for sure, and. And hopefully soon we I will be joining the uh, six figure <laughs> income uh, the Ed Gandia six figure income uh, group. Oh, that'd be that, great! Uh, that'd be great. Yeah, because yeah, that's you know it, it's not necessary. You know, we it, we don't have to as freelancers we don't have to be in that that group, but it's it, it'd be sure nice. Yeah. By the way, I'm not paying Mark to say that. No, no, he's not. <laughs> he got to make sure people understand. It's a, yeah. What is this podcast? It's turning yeah. into a commercial for Ed. Oh uh, yeah, uh, yeah. No, I, I just I and but I do. I got to give props. Though. I mean, like it. There, there are a lot of gurus out there, and you know, there's look, some of them are good, some aren't. Good, but yeah, I, I've I've learned a lot from your podcasts and your stuff. So yeah, I mean. It's gotta gotta give props. So, but Thank it's not. You, no, we're not. We're this is not an ad for <laughs> for Ed Gandia. <laughs> well, I, I appreciate that, and and uh, I want to make sure people know where they can learn more about you, where they can connect with you, if if they uh, if they'd like to uh, uh, check you out or just make a connection. Where where can I send them? 
Yeah, mainly my website. It's it's mrmarkstone.com. That's M-R-M-A-R-K-S-T-O-N-E.com. Uh, I've been on Twitter since the very beginning, uh, and I'm just starting to kind of tweet again, even though I've been tweeting since 2006. My Twitter handle as well as Mr. Mark Stone, M-R-M-A-R-K-S-T-O-N-E. Super. Well, this has been fantastic, Mark. What, what I love about the story is, again, it's, it proves that, look, um, this journey is, is messy. It's, it's not always glamorous. I, I wish every story was glamorous, but I would say that most of them are not. And when you see them as glamorous, somebody has polished that. Uh, you know, you're not seeing the ugly, messy stuff. And it's, I'm, I'm, I appreciate your sincerity and you know just being vulnerable here and just kind of sharing what you've what you've learned and and also I can tell that you you're still on on the path we all are. Yeah, you know, this is not like you've arrived. You never arrived. Um, you just got into the next level of your business, and I see a bright future for you. Well, thanks so much. I really appreciate uh, being on your podcast. This is this has been great. Well, I hope you enjoyed that interview, and I have a favor to ask. I'd love to hear from you, and I'd love to hear if if this story resonated with you. If you're kind of at the stage of your business where you're kind of the very, very early stages, you're just now starting out, or you've only been at it a year or two, maybe three years, um, and, and Mark's story resonated with you, I'd love to hear of a breakthrough that you've had over the past, let's say six months or a year that's, it's really made a difference. Now this doesn't have to, when I say breakthrough, it doesn't have to be anything like earth shattering. It doesn't have to be something that, uh, you know, change your life forever, but something that really made a big difference, you know, as you're trying to push through to the next level of success and all that is relative, right? Success is always relative. So don't feel like you have to have something that's uh, really flashy. It could be, it just, as long as it means something, to you um, because believe me if you've had a breakthrough and uh, if you're willing to share with it with us here uh, if you're willing to share your story or at least that, that breakthrough and the details of that breakthrough it will help others so i'd love to start a little bit of a discussion on you know, what have you learned over the past six months one thing one thing that has really made a difference in your business and let me know about that in the comments section of the show notes page again b2blauncher.com forward slash episode 33 in fact that leads me to my next point if you are interested just know that you can always find a detailed show notes for these episodes on the website uh these are great notes that make excellent reference material if you're listening to the show in the car while you're running exercising walking mowing the lawn or what have you you know you have a great reference you can come back to later to hone in on some of the key points if you enjoyed the episode i'd be grateful if you ensure if you shared it with a friend who might benefit from it and the best place to do that is on the show notes page where you'll find social media sharing buttons that are very handy so that brings us to the end of the episode again i am your host ed gandia thank you so much for listening and i hope you have an awesome day the High Income Business Writing Podcast is a production of B2B Business Launcher. Learn more at b2blauncher.com.